In a world full of anger, strife, and plagues, a constant struggle is battled out between good and evil, right and wrong. And for over seven years, the IndieCast is here to try to make you forget all of that. With interviews, pop culture talk, and the best in sexual innuendo. So sit back and relax as Chad, Zach, and Luna welcome you to the IndieCast. Exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Chad Allen, Zach Romero here with you. And uh, to all you lovely wrestling nerds and dozens and dozens out there, we have uh, guests, plural, this week. Uh, I, we are very pleased to uh, introduce and have with us on the episode. Uh, Boomer Hatfield and Molly McCoy are both with us. Boomer and Molly, welcome to the IndieCast. Hello. Thanks for having us. Hey. So, as I say, very much sought after guests. We always love having tag yeah. teams on this show. And We're so, sought uh, after? Yes. So having oh one of goodness. the... Uh, soon to be top of their class tag teams in the sport today. I say soon to be because the coronavirus has stopped any and all yeah. uh, major wrestling movements. But uh, nevertheless, you're looking at the future, the future of pro wrestling right here. Dang right. Ju- juxtaposed with two ancient skeletons, uh, Chad and myself. So, uh, hey, so- ancient skeletons still get put in museums. That's true, and if there's anything that uh, more closely relates to museum than this podcast, I haven't seen it. Uh, so, uh, Boomer, Molly, uh, what we like to do here on the IndieCast is uh, we like to run through the typical boring questions that every podcast is going to ask you, because they're not creative, and uh, they do no research or work whatsoever, and we are a different breed. So, um, Chad, are you going to want to run through the lightning round, or shall I? I can run through the lightning round. I have it here in front of me. Please go right ahead. So we're going to be asking you a series of questions. You answer them as quickly or as slowly as you would like, whatever first pops into your noodles. And, uh, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to introduce the fans here a little bit closer to, uh, to Boomer and, and Molly. So Chad, please, please start us off. I certainly shall. And uh, Molly, I'm going to have you answer the first question. Uh, who trained you and when did you debut? Uh, I was trained by the Chikara Wrestle Factory, primarily uh, Hollow Wicked and Fire Ant, and I debuted in 2019 uh, at the Infinite Gauntlet. Outstanding. And Boomer, same question. Who trained you and when did you debut? I also trained at the Wrestle Factory. I trained with uh, my dad, Dasher Hatfield, Fire Ant, Hollow Wicked, uh, amongst some of the greatest independent wrestlers out there. Um, When did I debut? Hmm. Oh, it was uh, summer 2018. So I was supposed to debut at Car Source Rex, but uh, there was an incident that happened that I had to fill in a space at Beyond's American Rana um, where I wasn't supposed to debut yet, but they needed somebody fast. So I was down in Philadelphia, and I had to, on a Sunday at like 10 o'clock in the morning, I had to speed up to uh, Beyond Wrestling and debut at their biggest event of the year. And it was frightening. So that was around July 2018. Wow, not a bad and, way to start a show. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I was gonna say a nice subtle entrance. Uh, always, always the way to go. Wait, are we talking about the first time like we wrestled? Should I count? Um, once upon a beginning, the Mania week when uh, we were uh, screaming during Dasher and Touchdowns match because that's the first time I'm technically on a show. That's when you were first time you were acknowledged on screen. I think, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think like the first shot you ever get of us together is me laughing hysterically uh, at a disgusting bump while Boomer looks on in horror. 
<laughs> there you go. It doesn't capture which, the which, dynamic. Which I don't know what does. Which bump was it? Was uh, it the power bump off the ladder? To a ladder, yeah. Oof. That was brutal. That was a great match. <laughs> yeah, really good. Really enjoyed that one. It was really traumatizing, but still a good match. <laughs> it made you it toughened your skin, kid. Sure. Yeah, exactly. That's how that's how you know you've got a true appreciation when you can go, oh no! Ah, oh, five stars though. Excellent. Five work. stars though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Boomer, I'm going to have you go first with the next question. What is your first wrestling memory? First wrestling memory. This, oh. is, also, this is also a question that does turn Chad and I into dust. <laughs> I mean, I was watching wrestling as early when I was a kid. It's just, I mean, I, watch, I was watching WWF and early, I think, SummerSlam, like 2001. Yeah, that's my first memory uh, of wrestling. Oh. And it was just... It was just dad bought the pay-per-view and we watched it. It was three. It was funny. But uh um I mean it's I it was that's that's my first earliest memory of wrestling, I guess. But does that blow you to dust away? I mean, I was like a toddler, but yeah, actually I feel I literally can feel the arthritis like <laughs> crawling up my arms. Uh oh. when the when the phrase, oh yeah, I was an infant. What was it? 2001 uh yes that, that... well I'm, i am cheating a little bit because i've been told that was my first oh, thing that of I watched, course. so i don't well, we specifically remember it but i i have gone back and watched it again and appreciated it so we, we appreciate you giving us the benefit of the doubt here and not not uh being 100 <laughs> truthful there uh Molly, if you could, uh, if you could answer that question and continue my transformation into the crypt keeper, yeah, just uh, really drive that stake right in here. My spike like soul, just just a little bit earlier than that. Uh, so I think I I don't I don't remember the first time like I actually watched wrestling, but I do remember the first time I was ever exposed to wrestling is when kids on the playground were like fighting over who's better, DX or the NWO. Okay. And then kids were getting in trouble for doing the suck it thing. <laughs> so like, what is this all about? But my first actual like memory that sticks with me was um, oh, I think I, I want to say it's the 2001. It's either 2000 or 2001 Royal Rumble, but it's when China walks out at number 30. Yes, like, excellent. That was just so burned into my brain because I was like, what? Women can do this? Oh my god, and like it, she just has this look on her face of like I'm gonna go mess somebody up, and then like she throws out Mark Henry, and yeah, I was, that's right. Yeah, I was sold. I've watched that clip. I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> it's, it's, she, it, it's a huge Raw moment because uh, because she threw out Vince McMahon on Raw. <laughs> oh, to no, this actually, point, gonna... I actually I actually have an amendment to oh boy the previous okay. question about our first wrestling matches. So that point, what Molly was just talking about on the playground, we did used to have wrestling matches on the playground with kids in the neighborhood. Um, And we were the only ones who watched wrestling. So we made them kind of play along. And I guess we were kind of the bullies in the playground accidentally. You were stretching the kids out on the playground? You were the Stu Hart of of the jungle gym? (laughs) I was just doing like the Boston Crab and the ankle lock. Right, I was also like telling kids like, put me in a Boston Crab, I want to see what it's like. (laughs) Like, No, 
not, not, you know, they got a turn. Like, it wasn't just all stressing the kids. In, in your defense, I think all of us, when we were impressionable and we were first getting exposed to wrestling, any of us in the position of seeing kids get in trouble for doing the crotch chop, I think we all were like, <laughs> let me also participate in that. That seems like the coolest thing that could ever be. Let me be a part of that and also get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Appropriate reason to get in trouble. I I only ever got in trouble for that and dress code violations when I was in school, and that was about it. I was going to say, I did see your, your Twitter comment about uh, getting, what was it, getting sent home in 11th grade for having ripped jeans? Yeah, like, and to be fair, they were pretty ripped up. It wasn't just, like, you know, little rips at the knees, but, like, I also did theater, and I had dirty clothes for set crew, so, like... Yeah. Came in dressed for set crew. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zachary, I think I heard some magic words. She used to do theater. She's we, well. I was we going to say. A, uh, my first thought was, I too had a pair of uh, torn to shreds uh, jean shorts that I would wear for setup, and uh, there was a hole torn in them, basically um, from back to front at a certain point. And so had to fix that with gaff tape, um, but didn't get sent home. So clearly double standard here. Didn't Absolutely. get sent home. Double standard. Are we talking like Tony Depp in short shorts or like? No, no, no. This was, this was like, let's see. When would this have been? This would have been like. Which is a look. This would have been early 2000s-ish time. So like it's an awkward mid-range, like high short shorts aren't a thing quite yet. So right. it's like uncomfortable like not quite 90s dad jean shorts that are just torn to hell and fixed with gaff tape and i got to wear those bad boys all day so double standard yeah so like and i would almost john cena jorts almost yeah that would be a much yes we're closer in the direction of john cena jorts than we are tony depp in short shorts okay <laughs> i have the image in my brain now i'm so sorry for you <laughs> though, though i would like to say tony depp in shorts aren't a look those are a straight up mood that's, That's a whole nother thing right there. That is a lifestyle right there. So I wish I had fans um, for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chad, uh, do we have another question where we've gone I, off track now? I, I, I do indeed, interestingly enough. Uh, you both are in the, uh, I do believe, in the Philadelphia area. Uh, and, and It's an obvious question, and I'm interested to know there. Where's the best cheesesteak? Oh, good question. Ooh, ooh. Uh, uh, Molly, Molly reacted first, so I definitely want her to go. Uh, Jim's on South. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say Steaks on South. Okay, that's still a good choice. They're both very good. You didn't pick Pat's or Gino's. No. So I respect that. Or Not Tony. Santos either. Or Tony Luke's. <laughs> See, I, I, that's it. Tony, Tony Luke's. Yeah, I love uh, you. Hate Tony. See, now I love Tony Luke. Tony no, Luke's is my choice. It. It's just like it's it's okay. Like you know, it's not awful, but it's, it's not nothing to break home about. No, like it's, it's not where I'm slab of fat. <laughs> so I will I will give a funny story on this. Obviously, uh, and now and here's where I will age myself. There you um, go. Partially, when I was in my uh, early twenties, I would drive up from the Maryland area where I lived into Philadelphia to go to see ECW shows. Um, and obviously, um, uh, the ECW arena being on the corner of Swanson and Rittner is right up the street from Oregon where Tony Luke's yeah, main location is. Yeah, so we yeah, would, yeah. 
we would walk we so we would get in line you know to get into the arena before the show opened like get there hours early with uh, drinks and all sorts of shit and we would send a couple people up to pick up about eight cheesesteaks for everybody and walk them all back um so that was like my first main memory of tony luke's is just chomping on those in front of the ecw arena we hit my uh 10 year wedding anniversary um a few years ago and uh, my wife and I took a trip. We left the kids with the grandparents, took a trip up to Philadelphia to have this romantic weekend. But I made her go with me to Tony Luke so I could get a cheesesteak. That's how I, you do it right. I needed That's to have so a cheesesteak. So. That's pretty cute. <laughs> so thankfully, she's willing to put up with crap like that. So, um, well, you see, like, that's a good memory from everything. So I, I sorry I called it a slap yeah. of that. But I mean, like, when, <laughs> it a- means when it means that much to you for real, I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing. Now, see, I agree. I agree with Boomer on this. I don't necessarily know that the cheesesteak is the the shining part there. Because if you mad lib that and you swapped out your exact story, but you swapped out cheesesteak for dirty diaper, it's still the same story. Like, ah, you know, we're waiting outside the ECW arena. We're going. I got all my friends with me, and I'm chowing into a dirty diaper. Like that would probably be nostalgic too. That is still the most Philly thing I think I've ever heard in my life, especially <laughs> if you eat on a trash can, because that's the thing in yeah. Delco area. If you get your hoagie and then you eat it on the trash can outside of Wawa, that's just that's how it's meant to be eaten. There <laughs> should be a painted portrait of that in like the airport for Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. It's Renaissance art. <laughs> uh so uh to, not to derail us back to the back to the uh, questions but uh oh. question four boomer i'm gonna have you go first what is the one song that you play when you need to get when you need to get hyped up i need to get hyped up uh sabotage beastie boys oh excellent okay good, good choice. choice and molly how about you nervous breakdown black flag oh excellent there was uh it's because uh you know how like there's just certain gateway bands that get you into other bands? Of course. Uh, I was a massive My Chemical Romance fan when they first started, and they had a DVD called Life on the Murder Scene, all about like touring for Three Cheers, and uh, that was Gerard Way's hype up song. And ah. there's like footage of him breaking things to Nervous Breakdown, and I was like, this is hype. I want to know more about Black Flag. And then that got me into punk from there. Now, does that also happen with you? Like, if you're, like, in a locker room? And uh, no, it... because then I get charged $200 for the chairs. But That's true. <laughs> if I could, I would. Good head on or, your shoulders. Uh, I'm not strong enough to pick the bench up. Everyone's already put their stuff on the bench, so I can't pick it up and throw it. Oh, true. Now, and uh, final question in the lightning round, and the one we always end with here. Uh, I forgot who went first, so I'm going to go Molly on this one here. Uh, Marvel or DC and why? DC, mostly because Batman has the best rogues gallery out of everybody. <laughs> I'm not. I'm you not are wrong. Batman for Batman. I I'm wrong that Batman doesn't have the best rogues gallery. Absolutely not. Who has the best rogues gallery then? The Flash. No. I knew he was going to say that. Absolutely. Gorilla I knew King Shark. Mirror Master, Captain Cold, Heat Wave, the Golden Glider. Captain Boomerang. Those all sound like second rate. Like they are in there with like you look at like Batman's rogues. Like they are there with like Calendar Man. Like that's the most. Like that's kind of the point. They're from the sixties, <laughs> from old Flash comic books, just like the, the the silly Batman character names. But when Jeff Johns got a hold of that comic book and made those bad guys cool, like 
it was you have you have to read it. you have to know you have to see it. they are the most I have never rooted for bad guys before, but I, I love the rogues gallery. You guys know when somebody tells you, hey, you need to watch this so much because I love it, or you need to read this so much because it's so great, and they just shove of it course. down your throat all the time, so then you're just like, I'm not going to do it out of spite? That's me and Peter <laughs> with The Flash. I'm not reading The Flash, Boomer. Fair enough. Uh, here's the <laughs> thing, though. I always considered... Uh, I, I did always have a soft spot for Flash villains, simply because... You look at like a character like Mr. Freeze. He's a brilliant scientist. His wife felt falls ill to this like incurable disease. And through his process of trying to save her, he ends up cursing himself. And now he's like stuck detached from humanity and, and you know, is, is, is a, is a tragic villain in his own right. Compare that to captain cold, basically the exact same character, but instead Rent's due and Snart's not getting a real job. So time to go rob the hot dog vendor with my ice gun. Right. There's a, there's a subtle nuance there. <laughs> well, no, because he, he's a petty criminal and Mr. Freeze was a scientist. And, and yet Mr. Freeze wasn't cool until the cartoon. Like he did not have That's a good true. background. Mr. Freeze wasn't until cool until Arnold Schwarzenegger played Mr. Also Freeze. True. Also, also <laughs> true. That's when he got doubly cool. But I mean, like it's. It's again like once once the right creative gets to these characters and reinvent them, and when the other creatives after them don't ruin that character like they have, uh, it's just it, it, that's that's what made Captain Cold meaningful for me because he he didn't want to kill if he didn't have to, and that's why I kind of like the Rogues Gallery in a way because they had a code of ethics even though they were jerks. Well. That actually brings me to a question. Uh, we're outside of the lighting round. You both did amazing. Thank you. You made it. Um, so in, with that exact thought in mind of like, depending on, you know, who's the creator and, and, and you know, where you're drawing inspiration from. I, I guess we'll start with you, Boomer, since you, you got me on this whole rigmarole. Um, what is... <laughs> what has been a role model or an influence to you outside of wrestling? Like as a person as a fighter, as someone creating art, what, what is something that has inspired you outside of the squared circle? Um, I guess it would be comics in general, like that from a kid, from the start, that's what I was really, really into. And also baseball, the Phillies, um, they drove me to just aspire to sports. Um, that's how I got into amateur wrestling as well too. Cause I played baseball as a kid, but high school, I wasn't, really good enough but i was also tiny and then i got into amateur wrestling and i already knew about pro wrestling which is completely different but um well yeah just having those heroes in in sport and in comics um which doesn't always clash well with your peers in grade school and high school um because i was the nerdiest kid in the sports like world (laughs) so um but yeah I would say just kind of like again the flash green lantern like those were my favorite superheroes as a kid so fair enough outside um, rest <laughs> so molly same question for you uh much less drawn out this time by myself but what's a what's an influence outside of wrestling that has really kind of steered you where you are uh, i'm glad that uh you asked boomer first because i needed a second to really think about it <laughs> and I, didn't want, I didn't want that awkward pause uh obviously hockey and growing up in the philly area which is such a strong hockey town even though we haven't for for a long time we did not have like a very successful team but i think like 
Philly kind of becomes like a stronger fan town when our team isn't doing so great because like they want to see them do well so bad even yeah, if like, the underdog. Yeah, exactly. You want to root for the underdog and uh that's like I I get my punching from hockey. I get like almost all of my moves are named after um different penalties in hockey like a lot of little things that I do are influenced by the rules of hockey. But beyond that, um, also, I'm huge into horror movies. And I love watching... Uh, it's it's kind of like... It, it comes back to like why I love Batman for the rogues gallery. And it's because a lot of the time I love uh, horror movies for the villains. And to see like why... It is that they're doing what they do. I love, like, the pacing of horror. And I mm. love, like, a lot of, like, little nuancey things that make characters scary. Like, I'm not necessarily huge into slashers like Freddy and Jason. But, like, one of my favorite movies of all time is Night of the Hunter. Where mm. uh, Robert Mitchum plays uh, the bad guy who is, like, this this preacher gone bad. And he's just... The little, like movements that he chooses to make and uh like he he walks very much like frankenstein and walks like a monster even though he's a human being or like uh i love wait until dark with audrey hepburn and alan arkin is the villain in that one and he's just fascinating to watch i love watching actors play characters like that uh robert de niro max caddy and cape fear which was huge for the bray wyatt character and it's fascinating to see how Bray has pulled from De Niro's performance. Like, I just, I love horror for that reason. Well, very nice. Uh, so, uh, Boomer, I'm interested. Do you have uh, kind of what movies do you normally go for when you're when you're watching a movie? Obviously, Molly's got horror. Do you kind of follow in that horror vein, or do you have another way that you go? I'm not a big horror fan. I like I like satire. I love um, like the Monty Python movies. Um, Very nice. I love I love um, Edgar Wright as a style as a creator. Um, I was just watching Scott Pilgrim the other day, one of my favorite movies. Um, but I like I love those kind of like dynamically shot, creative humor, um, kind of like dynamic and like play with editing and stuff like that. Like I love that kind of play, and I'm fascinated with like that kind of part of filming process too, which you know like just um, enhances. Uh, the comedy aspect of just the story itself. So uh, those are the kind of movies that I like the most. Now I, I'm a big Monty Python fan. So what, what's your, what's your Python go-to movie? Uh, Python movie. Um, the meaning of life. Absolutely. Okay. Every sperm, every sperm is sacred is a masterpiece. Um, but favorite Monty Python sketch. I'm going to let you guess. What do you think it is? If it's not silly walks, it's wrong. See my, my immediate reaction. My immediate reaction was Dead Parrot. Um, that Dead was, Parrot for some reason the first thing was the first one that popped into my mind. Um, it's not Dead Parrot. It's not Silly Walks. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh my! It's so good. Uh, the cheese shop sketch. Oh yeah, that is a good one. It's it's just I've always wanted to cut like a promo or create a character based off the cheese shop sketch, like. It's just always like a, been like a backup thing in my mind, so it's just it's just really really funny for some reason. 
Do you know how you how do you think you would do a a cheese a cheese cheese shop sketch type of character? Do you have an idea I, what you have what you want to do? A tag team where one character doesn't want to do anything and the other character keeps coming up with ideas to do, and you're just sold. like, no, no, I don't have to do anything. I'm sold. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. That's what that's what she's been waiting for. Yeah. You're the cheese shop owner. Being the cheese shop owner is my true destiny. And I'm the John Cleese with the cowboy hat. I get to shoot you at the end, by the way. That's great. <laughs> I, I fail to see a downside. <laughs> there's there's not a downside we're seeing as of yet here, apparently. So, uh, um, And then Monty, just one thing more thing about Monty Python. Their whole philosophy mm-hmm. about no punchlines. And it's their transition from scene to scene to scene. And it's just so smooth. And it's just a different way to tell comedy. And it's just something that I, 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 I'm fascinated by. So... Very nice. Remind, remind me after the episode. I won't tell it on air, but I have I have a, a Monty Python story from my old theater company back home. But I will tell that Ooh. off air. That's not. I don't know if anybody'd be interested enough for it on air. But is, um, is it after dark style? It uh, it's, it's nothing. It's just it was. I thought it was very interesting. My my theater. Co- I'll tell it. It's a quick one. Uh, my theater company contacted somebody in Python Studios way back in the day um, for uh, the rights to. Um, Holy Grail to try to get the ability to do Holy Grail as a stage play. And uh, the people from Python got back to us and said, we, we apologize. Sadly, the rights won't be available for Holy Grail um, for quite a while. And my theater director said, well, when, when do you think they'll be available? And he said, (laughs) probably about 20 years. Well, legitimately the next week they announced spam a lot on Broadway. So Ah. that's why obviously we couldn't, we couldn't get the rights to it. But then they said, but here, here's um, the, the script for Life of Brian. You can go ahead and do that one. Just send us $2. $2? $2? They, they charged us $2 to get the rights to Life of Brian, and we did, and we did Life of Brian as a stage play. Um, uh-huh. The funny part about that is, is the timing was almost perfect because Mel Gibson came out with this movie uh, called The Passion of the Christ. Yes. At the awesome. same time that we were getting ready, that we staged uh, Life of Brian. So we legitimately made all of our um, posters and everything look like the um, poster for Passion of the Christ, except uh, the gentleman we had playing Jesus is wearing Groucho glasses. That was the, the one big uh, one big difference we made. Um, but yeah, Python was amazing for that. It's like, yeah, $2, and here's the script for this show, and you can do it as much as you want. We're like, okay, we will do that. But uh, So Python Python Studios, uh, folks, good people. We'll, uh, we'll definitely awesome. let them know that. That makes me. Um, I want to, Molly. If we want to cut some promos, we gotta. We'll get two dollars for it too, or we, we'll just buy it. Right. Perfect. Now, um, you had mentioned uh, we've obviously talked a little bit about the flyers and the like. Uh, I am very interested to know um, because you're both big sports uh, sports fans. What are your Stanley Cup predictions? Because the the obviously the uh, the playoffs are going on right now for that. And then, what are your World Series predictions? Though we have a little bit longer to go before we get to that. Um, and just interested to see where you both are at right now. Oh man, yo, wouldn't it be funny? Like, like I, I'm a little torn because I'm like, man, I, I really want this to be the Flyers' year. Like, we've been going on a tear, and we were really like in line for the cup before coronavirus happened. But at the same time, I don't trust this city not to throw a riot if the uh, Flyers do actually win the cup. Oh, what's gonna happen? So terrifying. <laughs> I hope so, but also, like, oh, after that insane game that started last night and ended this afternoon, 
week. Um, so like, I, I think Tampa or Columbus still stands like a solid chance too. And like, I wouldn't be mad about that. I'm, I'm not high on Florida right now because they brought coronavirus to Philly. So uh, <laughs> it's a lot of baseball. But uh, if, if it's not the Flyers, then I, I guess I'm going Blue Jackets. I, I like the Capitals a lot, too. I, I really like uh, I, I like Ovechkin and all those guys. And I would like to see them go a little further. I don't know about the Cup. But uh, that, that's still, like, I wouldn't be mad if any of those three teams won. I like the Canucks. You would like the Canucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Maple Leafs aren't in it this year. True. Yeah. They're yeah. my favorite hockey team, though. <laughs> the Maple Leafs? Oh, why the Maple Leafs? Very, because, very they're a team, because they're a team called the Maple Leafs. Okay. I'm not the, I'm not the biggest hockey fan, so you know, I don't have any connection. I mean, I also don't like Toronto because of the Blue Jays, but... Have you seen the mascot for the Edmonton Oilers, our uh, our sister team? No, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's just got a it's, blank, happy stare. Not really it, sure what it is. Is it related to gritty? No, no like it's because at least gritty's eyes move. This mm. thing's eyes don't move. It's I must say the, move, the Oilers it seems to never take them off of you. The Oilers have beautiful logos and uniforms. That's usually when I when I don't like a sport, I like the team that has the the prettiest colors. So. <laughs> Whatever's the shiniest. That's yeah. honesty. That's honesty. I think yeah. we can appreciate that. I know I've definitely bought hockey jerseys in the past based off of the look of the the look of the jersey and nothing to do with the team whatsoever. Uh, right. I, I'm a New York I'm a New York guy because I'm from New York originally, so it's you know, like Yankees, Rangers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I've definitely owned like Devils jerseys and stuff like that because like that looks cool. Um, mm-hmm. So, God, I've had people constantly like anytime I post hockey content too, coming at me being like. But the devils aren't in the bubble. And I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. It's unfortunate. Yeah. You're just going to have to back the flyers or somebody else, I guess. Now, shifting over to, I guess, more of Boomer's wheelhouse. Baseball's having some troubles right now. But let's say we get things roughly back to normal. What's your prediction for a World Series? Well, it's, it's, it's really early. Uh, to kind of predict. I mean, the Yankees, the Cubbies, they're all, both looking really good right now. Um, the Athletics and the Twins look really strong. Um, the Rockies are in first place, I think, right now, but they're going to fall off. They're the Rockies. Um, if I had to pick somebody from the National League, it's probably going to be the Dodgers. They have the strongest team right now, I think. The Padres are looking really good in that division, too. Um, if it's not the Phillies, of course, you know, if they don't, right. well, of course, um, but I mean, the Brewers look kind of good too. I like the Brewers. Um, but I'm going to say the Dodgers from the national league and from the American league, I would like to see Oakland. Um, mm-hmm. and just cause it's a classic matchup, the Dodgers and the athletics. So I kind of want to see that in the modern day. Um, but it might also be the Yankees, which is also a, cl- a classic pairing with the Dodgers. So, which we got to that pissed me off. Okay, <laughs> I was say we got, we finally got a spicy boomer here in the yeah. talking about baseball. I don't know why I'm surprised. Boomer's off. Oh, I was last night. I watched the worst baseball game of all time. Molly, did you see any of this game? Uh, I did not. It was uh, the Phillies and the Orioles, and it, the Phillies were winning most of the game, and it just blew it again. And it was just back and forth 
and looked like the Phillies were going to win again. And then they didn't. And then they were going to win again. And then they blew it again with the worst defensive plays of all time. So, anyway, I'm still bitter about that from last night. So, sauce. I've got the sauce right now. <laughs> well, well, here, let me let me change the topic a little bit since hopefully this will make uh, less bitter. We'll, we'll continue with kind of the team sports situation, but mm-hmm. I'm going to twist it a little bit. What's an ideal Pokemon team? Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, there was um, somebody just drew Orange Cassidy's ideal Pokemon team. So it had me thinking about what my ideal team was because his team was perfect. It was like slack off and slow, uh, slow poke and all of them. So uh, definitely I want to put Frostlass on my team because it's an ice ghost. And like, I think Ice Ghost fits me very well, but also her PvP is kind of trash for battle. Uh, so definitely Mamoswine, uh, because it's a tank. And then, um, uh, I'm trying to think of other like Ice Guys. Maybe, maybe like Alola Vulpix or Alola Ninetales, because it's a cute little Ice Fairy, and I like the Ice Fairy. I can't I can't help but notice you didn't pick a weird nonsensical ice themed Mr. Mime. Oh, that's true. There is weird ice themed Mr. Mime. Okay, uh, I have to look this up. Oh, it's a nightmare. It's, it's, it's Pokemon <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all the regular terror of Mr. Mime, but with pointy blue shoes and ice for some reason. Are we talking like, like- ice meister? Yeah, he looks like the Ice Miser from um, The Year Without a Santa Claus. That's a great way to put it, yes. That's absolutely right. <laughs> now, when you say the pointy shoes, are we talking like the, the Iron Sheik? Like, kind of, yeah. They're like deal? little blue Iron Sheiky kind of things, yeah. <laughs> does he does he tap the boot to load it first before Maybe. he attacks? That would oh, be wonderful. Good. <laughs> Uh, if we're if we're also like if we're gonna pick just like nonsensical Pokemon I like that I'm gonna put Lickitung in there. I okay, love all right, that's come on. This is supposed <laughs> I to be a family show. No, hold it. Continue. Continue. <laughs> it has like I love Pokemon with the thousand yard stairs. That just, that's like, true. Like they've seen some stuff. <laughs> that. Excellent, excellent way to describe that. My buddy uh, Pokemon Go is also a lick of tongue that I decided to name. Oh Lord, he coming! Well, there you go. That's the perfect name. <laughs> it's the first thing anyone notices when they friend me in that game. They're like, "Why did you name your lick of tongue that?" If you know anything about Molly, you see the name, you're like, "That makes sense." Yeah. All right, Boomer. What about you? What's your uh, What's your go to team? You're dealing with the Elite Four. What All is right. the Boomer Half Field Pokemon team? It's the Squirtle Squad. Oh, that's unfair. And a and a Torchic. Okay, fair enough. It's all five squir- Squirtle is, the, is my Squirtle is my favorite Pokemon. I was no, saying, I would the, never. Is the Torchic also wearing pointy sunglasses like the rest Absol- of the Squirtle Squad? Absolutely. <laughs> the Torchic Squad. We have we have left poor Chad so far in the dust. I'm so sorry, yeah. Chad. I'm You're sorry. You're such a trooper. The, the one thing the one thing that I can go team? with here is is because they is because they're all wearing the the pointy sunglasses. It's, I'm picturing it's kind of like whenever anybody had a team with the Road Warriors and they just immediately put them in face paint. Yes, yeah, uh, it was exactly. That, that type of situation. So oh, It's how you know they're cool. Boomer, can we start right. our own Squirtle Squad and everyone has to wear sunglasses in it? Yes, please. Yeah. You're going you to have to make like vests, like punk vests that all have like little Pokemon version of you on the back so that everyone knows you're part of the squad. 
Boomer already made that um that that parody shirt of um us on Kevin Nash and Scott Hall's faces, and we're the that's outsiders. That's true. That's, that's, that's true. If anybody wants to join oh, me, I saw that. <laughs> yes. How could? Are you kidding me? That's seared in my brain for the rest of my life, and the demands of I oh. want hockey sticks for arms. Like that'll never leave my psyche. <laughs> I just love that Stone Cold shirt. Oh, Emil J brought it back on a GCW show, and I was like, "This is a good show," but also that shirt. <laughs> is that the is what does it say on that shirt? Uh, I forget beyond just saying Stone Cold's name. I'm sure it says yeah. it's some kind of snake reference. I'm sure it's like 100 uh, percent no, venom or oh, rattle, 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 or what is? I think it was right. I thought it was raised hell. I thought that one probably said raised hell. Probably that too. Raised snakes. It yeah, probably it was something along those lines. If it had oh, said no, raised okay. snakes, that would have been the most self-aware shirt that ever. Like literally, we're just describing what the front of the shirt is. Nobody in the marketing department had enough wherewithal to be like, we should put on a phrase about snakes. Nah, just put on there, raised hell, leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. We had a oh, whole geez. fight uh, two weeks ago about Triple H's shirt. About saying game over, damn right I'm over. And we were like, ugh, like that's, <laughs> there's some questionable marketing options. Ooh, uh, I found, uh, I was looking through old vintage shirts because uh, that's what's cool in streetwear now. And I found, <laughs> um, I, I was looking for the Stone Cold Snake Arm shirt, well, but I found uh, a, an old China one that just like had China's picture on the front and said, is a woman and then you have to read the back because the back says the best person for a man's job on the back so it's just like it, it do i have to read this like it's a manga i guess like I, the front I of it is just china is a woman and i'm like that's offensive as heck i, I enjoy the concept of of wrestling t-shirts that just start with philosophical questions like is right. a woman and then like by the way, this is advertising this particular wrestler. Like, oh, okay, great. Really th questioning the ethics of wrestling and, and identity. I really appreciate that. Thank you, T-shirt. Uh, thank you. Thank you, T-shirt. And, I'm and not by the way, everybody, about gender identity in wrestling. <laughs> right. Uh, I did find the, uh, the, the rattlesnake snake arm stone cold shirt. Uh, it said 100% pure rattlesnake on the front and expect no mercy on the back. That wasn't so, even one of his catchphrases. That's uh, not even 100% rattlesnake. Like, at least 60% of it is stone cold. That's, now, if that had been the shirt, if it had been the mathematical breakdown of, like, 75% stone cold, 25% snake arms, then I'm buying it. I'm buying two of them. It's the Scott Steiner math promo it's with, like, 3.3% snake arms. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's how you teach kids in school. The numbers don't lie, Joe. So, in addition to uh, uh, t-shirt etiquette and dream designs, one other thing for anybody who happens to be following either of you on social media, um, you both uh, have taken opportunities to really share um, strong support for intergender wrestling. And that was, for some reason, a hot topic recently. I yeah. thought we had all moved past this and just were like, yeah, wrestling's wrestling. That's it. But apparently not. So no, Lance, Lance Storm had to say something and then yeah. it became a shit show again. That's what so, it was. Yeah. So that being said, Let's give the benefit of the doubt. Let's say we're talking to a wrestling fan who perhaps is unfamiliar with intergender wrestling, doesn't have an opinion on it one way or the other. What would be an ideal introductory match to show someone, to introduce them 
to how great intergender wrestling can be. Um, and Boomer, I want to start with you. Uh, it's got to be Highly Lovelace versus Eddie Kingston. Okay. That's Excellent. my favorite. That's from a Wrestling is Fun show. Not a Wrestling is Fun, Wrestling is Heart, I think. Um, but it's on YouTube. You can find it. But it was just, I mean, I draw a lot of inspiration from Heidi. Um, I mean, my finisher is her finisher. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to um, say inspiration. We're going to say inspiration yeah. or homage. That's what we're going to say. But, I mean, the, the story is classic. Um, that big guy versus small uh, young wrestler. And the story of the underdog is it's a beautiful story. Um, I mean, it's, the, it's a classic. It, it's just, again, Eddie has no reservations about fighting Heidi, you know. And it's just on equal levels. And Heidi's able to persevere in, in like this awesome moment. Um, it's a great story. Uh, it's a really good match. Um, so highly suggest everybody take a look at it. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Molly. I did you a favor. I bought you time. That was the whole purpose <laughs> of that. So what and is I, your answer? I was, was going to ask why you went with Boomer first. But okay, I bought that's her time. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you understand that I'm a slow thinker. And I got to think about these things first. Uh, the the non the non binary discussion, or uh, I went right into that. The intergender discussion <laughs> is fascinating because I'm non binary. Right. So then, like, who am I supposed to wrestle? Like, if we're not gonna do intergender wrestling, and then my immediate thought is like, I had a match with Still Life with Apricots and Pears. Like, then then what are we classifying that match? As is that an intergender match? Like it it's it's part of the issue is just perception, but like that's that's something I might introduce to a wrestling fan a little later on. Or I might show like um a wrestling fan that um identifies like as gay or queer uh a match like that first to be like, hey, we are in wrestling and this like we have a place in it. But to just like get somebody's toes wet in intergender wrestling, I'd say like any of Princess Kimberly's title defenses in Shakara, mm-hmm. uh, because all of those matches were treated very much like this is a wrestling match. This is a title that we are wrestling for. And I think a lot of her matches in um season 17, like against uh, especially if you're going to put like Kim versus Solo Darling next to Kim versus Fire Ant, like it is still telling a story about uh, Kim not wanting to hurt her friends. Mm-hmm. And like that is ultimately the story of like this is a story of friendship, not a story of gender. Because I think ultimately what we're trying to do in wrestling is tell stories regardless of the gender of the competitors. So I think I think those are good options. Um, and despite, n- I, I'm not a big fan of um, Tessa since uh, just what's come out about Tessa in the past couple of months, but um, her versus Nick Gage from IWC, uh, ICW No Holds Barred, I think is a really impressive match and just shows that like, if you've been following Nick Gage for as long as you have, that he's ruthless and relentless. He's exactly the same with Tessa as he is with anybody else that he's wrestled. Mm-hmm. That like, I think the match like instantly goes into the crowd or something like that. Right. And I think that's also like one of the few times that, um, a woman's been featured on no holds barred too. 
So, like, clearly, um, I think it's Danny DeMonto that books ICW. Uh, clearly, it's it's not an issue for him putting women on the show, like, as long as the matchup makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I got opinions on it, man. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a new catchphrase. I got opinions on it, man. I got opinions, dude. It's also yeah. mostly, it's most of what I do. If intergender wrestling wasn't a thing, I would have only had like five matches by now. That's very true. And I I read a lot of those kind of takes that like a lot of um, wrestlers felt that exact same way of like, well, this, if, if we're going by just the boxes that people throw at you initially, this would be my lot in life. And that's it. Exactly. There's been so many occasions where it's been like, well, I really want to put you on the show, but I need to find another woman. And I'm like, you don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> just just find literally anybody and be like, hey, you comfortable wrestling this person? And you could say, yes, I am comfortable, or no, I'm not comfortable wrestling that person, regardless if it's a guy or a girl. This ties a little bit into our struggle sometimes getting looked at as a tag team, too, because we're an intergender mm-hmm. tag team. Yeah. Um, so... You know, like certain promotions don't book that way, or they they don't have another intergender team for us to battle, and we're like, doesn't matter. We'll we'll fight anyone. Like we're used to it. Like, are there any give, indies give, that even follow like intergender tag rules at this point? Like, I think only WWE does. Yeah, I think so. Has AEW had an intergender tag match at all? They had one with um... Kip and Penelope. And then forget the other team. Right, I, yes. No, I, My bad. Kenny, I, Kenny, Kenny Omega and... Um, oh, God, why can't I think of her name now? Um, Rio. Rio, Rio had... had him, I think, was that the ones that fought? Kip and them? Might, yeah, I remember. It might have been. So. I, I'm sorry, Rio. I forgot I forgot because she hasn't been on TV because she, I think she's stuck in Japan right now with Corona. Right. She doesn't have Corona. That's not, that's not what I meant. Oh, boy. Lots of coronavirus. Oh, jeez. No, I I, I completely see where you guys are coming from. That, like, you guys are a tag team first and foremost. It doesn't matter what combination of people it makes. It's You are a tag team through and through. So, therefore, there should not be a problem of, hey, we're booking you against this tag team or this tag team. There shouldn't be a falling over oneself to go, like, well, okay, we... We hobbled together this other tag team of a of you know uh, a male and female presence, and now we're gonna da, da, da. no a tag team is a tag team. As I said at the very start, you guys are talented enough that you know you are the future of tag team wrestling, and so uh, companies need to wake up and realize that. Start uh, making some <laughs> proper decisions. Uh, now, uh, this is a question that I'm very excited to ask because. Uh, we've already had some great debates about uh, food on this episode. Uh, surprisingly enough, I thought the cheesesteak debate was going to like drive the wedge further between the Hatfields and McCoys, but you both were like very, very good team players. You were like, oh, that's a good cheesesteak too. And it wasn't until Chad jumped like, Chad, you didn't say Tony Luke's. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it really depends on what family company is in presence at the time that really drives the wedge. That's fair. Okay. The Hatfields and the McCoys, but for the most part, Pretty civil. Good. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, Chad, please ask these two fine uh, people the infamous Trevin Adams memorial question, even though Trevin Adams is very much alive. It's very much alive. Yes. And 
I have a bad feeling I know the answer to this question already because I know what side I land on here. But uh, the question goes as thus. You guys are out. You've uh, obviously done the drives. It's very late at night. You've just finished uh, wrestling a wonderful tag match against another great team out there. And uh, you are hungry. Uh, but almost nothing is open anymore. You don't want McDonald's. You don't want fast food. You come over a hill and there is a shining beacon in front of you. Is that shining beacon a sheet or is it a Wawa? I knew you were going to do this to me. Oh, it's Boomer. You better answer correctly. Okay, it's a Wawa. Good. Wawa. Good yeah. job. <laughs> Thank you. It's Wawa. Well, you, you both answered you have both answered incorrectly in my world. No, so no, me, no, 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 no. These two are good, good babies. They are good children. <laughs> They've made smart decisions on this day. I hate sheets. Why do you hate if I gotta you... if I gotta eat sheets, like it's fine. You know, it's fine. But if there's a Wawa, like Come on. Everybody praises sheets because they have more choices than Wawa, but like, are they good choices? Be honest with yourself. <laughs> like, they're not great choices at Wawa either, especially because like Wawa has really become a corporate shill of what it was. But like, nonetheless, the mac and cheese at Wawa is superior, and I'll fight anybody <laughs> on that. I'd sit her do it. I'm gonna. Do- <laughs> I was going to say, I literally uh, was on a road trip with a friend of mine and did the greatest Glengarry Glen Ross uh, sales pitch on the Wawa Gobbler. And I kid yeah. you not, he pulled over on the side of the road and was like, do you need a GPS as a Wawa right now? Because he had never had one before. Oh, my gosh. There was there was a show. This must have been so like it Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas stuff comes out earlier every year. Right. We can this all agree true. on that. Yes. The Gobbler came out in like i want to say august or september and there was a show i was on that wheeler yuda was also on and that is what wheeler yuda got because he really just like saw the gobbler and said i need it and everyone that walked past him is like what the heck are you doing with a gobbler living his best life is what he's doing with a damn gobbler let the man live (laughs) that's wawa's new uh slogan it's just hey let the man live. Wait, I, I missed this part of the story. Was it pre-match or after match? Oh, it was it was pre-show. It was Damn one of right. those shows with like a like was... call time is four hours before the show. So he had I plenty of time to get I... and digest. I don't think I would still eat that before a match. <laughs> Wheeler, you I, don't don't I don't like to eat anything. <laughs> the real great trick is if Wheeler Yuta would have brought it out during the match and was like That's snacking true. on it while fighting. That would have been true. That would have been really living his best life. That's a yeah. powerful move. He pulled that on Ring of Honor. <laughs> if he's like a sponsored athlete in Ring of Honor, he's sponsored by Wawa. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. Big Calix is really trying to get sponsored by Rain, but I want to get sponsored by Wawa. That a girl. That's <laughs> what we're talking about. So uh, we've got sponsored by Airheads. Oh, that's true. That'd be fantastic. Ooh, Nyla Rose got sponsored by uh, Liquid Death, the uh, Mountain Water. Nice. That's a good sponsor. <laughs> That's appropriate too for Nyla. So, yes, Chad, go ahead. I, I've yet I've just say I've yet to try that liquid death water. I want to at some point just to say I did. I so. haven't either because it's like two ninety nine a can or something like that, and right. um, water can be free. So, I, well, right. I I took a bullet for the team here. I did try it. It tastes like water. water. So pretty. And you live. 
pretty. I lived. I so, lived to tell the tale all, of it. false it advertising. Was, it was no, damn. No, no. It murdered me first. Yeah, my my thirst was murdered that day, and and that would be a wonderful slogan. Right, their slogan. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Just, you know, murders your thirst. That's their actual slogan. Yeah. Yes. Death. Murder your thirst. Oh wow. I'm not. I'm good at marketing. I'm not that good. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, we have ourselves a very serious series of famous questions here that we have to ask you two uh, wonderful individuals here. Uh, we've had a lot of laughs here. We've learned a lot of things, and so uh, it's time to kill the mood here. So, <laughs> yay! <laughs> so I need in some the murder water. Yes, in the incredible, very apt uh, jumping off point. So in the incredible uh, performance art and world of professional wrestling, we have unfortunately lost a lot of talent uh, before their time. And so uh, with that being said, who is an individual that is no longer alive that was involved in the world of wrestling that you would have loved to have worked with most, be it wrestling, even just talking with them, having them manage you, whatever the case may be, what wrestle ghost would you want to work with most? And I'm sorry, we have to start with Molly. Oh my gosh. There's so many people though. Unfortunately, like Yeah, I was gonna say that's very sad, but yes, very true. Right. Oh, dude, there's a wiki on like wrestlers that have passed like super young. If you really just want to ruin your night, like right. uh, just real get real depressed, yes. Yeah. Um God, that's such a big question. Um the person that immediately comes to mind is Luna Vachon, because I I don't think I think Luna would have flourished right now, mm-hmm. and she just did not get her due because she was just so before her time. Uh, but like anytime she was on screen, she was just fascinating to watch, and like and look at the family that she came from. She came from like. It's such a strong wrestling family that also, like, the Vachans don't get talked about enough for mm-hmm. the influence that they had on wrestling. I would love to just get to talk with Luna, if if not, like, actually fight her. And, um... Uh, who else? Oh, jeez. Um, uh, after I watched the, uh, the Dark Side of the Ring episode, um, it, can you imagine getting managed by a woman? And how, like, I don't True. think there's a better valet on the planet than her. Like, after getting it, like, I watched a couple of, like, when she managed Kevin Sullivan. And, like, she's just an expert of, like, getting the crowd riled up without making the match about her. Which, like, I, I think that's such a lost art. And yeah, now, I was going to say, such like, a fine balance to strike. Right. Like, and a lot of people look at valet work as, like, oh, that's sexist. That's putting women in, like, such a role anymore. No one's saying that, like, a man can't also be a valet or a manager. Just we don't have as many valets and managers as we used to. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, because of the circumstances surrounding um, woman Nancy Benoit's passing, like, we kind of don't get to talk about her body of work anymore. But it's incredible. Like, I wish I could get managed by her. That'd be amazing. Yeah, That's a great point. I never even really considered that, yeah, because of the controversy around it, you it's not even used as like a, um, a point to study from, you know, right. like you, you, you bring up some excellent points. Boomer. That's a, that's a tall order to follow up my friend. So, uh, 
So what is your answer off the tail off the uh, tail end of that? I know who Boomer Stone is. Do you? I think I do. I I would. It took me a second. I think Kurt would be my go-to, if possible. I would love to pick his brain. I love his matches. Um, just I love the rest of him. Just he's just such a character. I love to learn character from him. Just. I think that would be an honor and a privilege if I could get to do that. Is um, there a moment in particular that sticks out in your mind when you think of him? Um, the moment where he whips the towel and lands yes. on the rope. <laughs> when, when he um, literally defied with, his, physics, yes. His match with Bret Hart at King of the Ring, too. Uh, just an, an absolute classic. Um, and then you know, to tie into him, if I could be managed by anybody, it would be Bobby the Brain. So, well, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, as a quick plug, last week we uh, wrapped up a giant uh, promo battle uh, uh, judging bracket, and Bobby Heenan calling uh, both Hulk Hogan and Mean Gene Okerlund dummies. Very powerful. Uh, (laughs) Very, very powerful. Um, But no, excellent, excellent answers from both of you. And so now we come to our final question. Oh, I was going to ask Molly, who who did you think? Totally thought you were going to pick Eddie. Oh, I mean, he was absolutely. That was like it was like a fraction of a change difference. Right, like so I know so, he's one of his favorites. So. I was say, Molly's not off base here. No pun intended. No, never, because they never are. They never are. Eddie Eddie Guerrero is one of our most popular answers, and I don't think that's terribly are, surprising. That's not. I would dare say. I would dare say he's our most popular answer. I. I yeah. I, okay. I, if he's got number one, then Macho Man is number two spot. Um, also, well, yeah, Macho Man's definitely number two. Yeah, but I think Eddie's far away been, been number one lately. So, and then we have to grill the grill the the guest about like which variation of Eddie and da 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 da. It becomes a whole thing. So, excellent choices from both of you. Um, now, final question here. We here at the IndieCast believe that every animal in nature is given certain evolutionary traits to ensure its survival. Uh, giraffes have long necks, rhinos, big horns, et cetera, et cetera. Our belief is that human beings as an animal, their evolutionary trait is their ability to use tools. So with that said, Boomer, Molly, if you could fight any animal, what would it be and what weapon would you use? <laughs> Who do you want to? Who do you want to have go first, Zach? Good question. Um, who's got an answer first? I'll, let's start with that. I don't want to fight an animal. I it like could be mythical. I don't. And I don't even. Do or die I don't time. even step on lantern flies, man. Oh, I do. Oh, I, I just. I don't. I know. I know we're supposed to step on. I just don't have it in me to just because it's big too. You know, it's just like step on it, hear the crunch, look at its flattened body, and it's just like. <laughs> like I'm supposed to be like enjoy this boomer, and they're awful. I understand yeah. they're bad. I like bees. I don't want them to eat the bees. They are awful. So you step on it. I'll fight a lanternfly any day. Actually, I don't want to because now I'm imagining fighting a giant lanternfly, and that's terrifying. Well, I uh, used to have an answer for this question in high school, and I can't remember it. It wasn't that long ago, and I can't remember it. <laughs> It was 15 minutes ago. I can't remember it. Um, well, Chad, would you like to, to, to cite some of some examples of uh, previous guest answers to help? The kids uh, out? 
Yes, I do. Uh, I do know that uh, we've had animals uh, from griffins to dragons to. Uh, I do believe. Uh, <laughs> What's the uh, Who chooses to fight a dragon? Um, These people are going to lose their fights. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> I remember the griffin was Ophidia and the Cobra chose to fight the griffin. Uh, was it the dragon? Was it the dragon Sue Young? I, no, I feel like no. Young... I think the, I think it was an Easter Bunny for Sue Young. <laughs> and she wanted a samurai sword that was cursed. She she wanted that, a cursed okay, sword. I, like I definitely it. remember that. Um, um, John Davis wanted to fight a bear with his bare hands. That one I always remember. Can, um, I, bet, can I pick Kate Sith from Final Fantasy Seven? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a robot, but yes. Spoilers, like I guess. It is, it is a robot, but it's so annoying. And what would you use as your weapon of choice? Okay, so it's a button. Okay, this is a button. <laughs> when you like, press the button, uh-huh. okay. Oh no! Uh, you 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 win a million dollars when you press the button. <laughs> but somebody near you passes away. Now it's completely random. You know, somebody you know, whatever. You might not know who it is. So I would you, you press the button until you get to Kate Seth. So you get a million that dollars. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> how many? No, it's it's how many I, grandparents I, and second cousins have to die before you eventually hit the lottery and kill Kate? Sitt? If it hits, if it no, I actually have a new choice. I have a new choice, not Kate. <laughs> Mister Matt. Okay, that's a great answer. Okay, he an right? He yeah, he's an animal. He's an unholy <laughs> you ever creature. Watch the guy. No, I keep my distance. <laughs> He hangs out in New York, in Queens, with the Mets. He's an animal. Who likes Queens? And and what weapon would you use, Boomer? Please don't have I, the oh. mystery murder button again. <laughs> mystery, the mystery button. The mystery button is a, a joke. That would be funny. A cricket bat. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Chad, it sounds be, like you've to got... Be, uh, to be ironic. And, that's good. Well, I just, I just want to let Molly know, I, I had a great aunt that used to live in Kew Gardens, so Queens, Queens has some nice areas. Okay. Uh, right. like, I've really only been to Jamaica, Queens, and that's about it. Like, yeah. I've, I've right. I, I apologize to any Queens people. I've had, a very, I've had a very small glimpse of New York. I plan on going there next week because all I've done is play Pokemon Go for quarantine, and I need the new uh, New York City exclusives, but <laughs> tell me where to go in New York while I also hunt for Pokemon. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks well, actually, you didn't yeah, I was just say, uh, good I, luck. I, I, like, I like Pokemon too. Hey, if you want. Yeah, what are... So, so Molly, you, you've you've skirted your answer here. Uh, what animal <laughs> are you fighting and with what weapon? Listen, I want to fight the Canada goose because it Canada's is gooses. It is an evil animal, but it is also like a strong contender that this thing could whoop my butt, okay. and I terrified of the canada goose but like i need to conquer my fear and i need to beat this canada goose all right well what do you get this what weapon are you using, yeah what weapon are you beating it with i'm gonna tie two hockey uh i'm gonna tie two skates to a hockey stick and just whip it around because i figure it's gonna start flying and that's still enough distance between me and the goose and hopefully I'll eventually just knock it out of the sky. All right. Enough distance between me and the goose. The Molly McCoy autobiography. 
Uh, that's the title. Yes. Um, no, thank you. Uh, thank you. Excellent answers. I know that was a tough one, and I know it killed the mood of the room, but you both are troopers, and I appreciate it. Well, what uh, I cannot jump in here and, and yes. state that this is the point in the episode that one Mr. Brian Cage has given us permission to officially call, get your shit in. Uh, you can uh, please let our listeners know where they can find your social media, where they can buy your merchandise, et cetera, et cetera. The floor is yours, and Molly, I will have you go first. Oh, I heard get your shit in, and I thought it was going to be the point where I do, like, a poison rana and all of just my cool stuff. Um, <laughs> I like the social media version of a poison rana. I got <laughs> right. it. I see. It's the point where, like, it's the big part of the match where, like, everyone's doing their stuff, and I just get in the middle, like, you can find me at... Uh, <laughs> uh best place to find me is twitter i'm not on instagram or facebook or any of that it's just at underscore molly mccoy underscore that's where i do all of my stuff there's i post a lot of like videos and stuff that i could probably put on tiktok but i'm not gonna get on tiktok so twitter's the best place to find me excellent and boomer your turn get your shit in oh you can find me at Boomer Hatfield on Twitter. I don't know how I was able to score that one, but my dad was not able to get Dasher Hatfield. So, um, uh, Hatfield City FC on Instagram. And then both Molly and I have a shop online. Uh, it's what is the URL? BoomerHatfield.bigcartel.com. It's on my Twitter profile. So, yeah. Uh, we have some Boomer stuff does most of the work. I'll be honest here. <laughs> Boomer does the heavy lifting. Yeah. I get I get all of their insight. Um, they help a lot. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Well, well nice. Well, I'll say, Chad, take us home here. Definitely. Well, Boomer Molly, thank you both for once again uh, being guests on the Indie. Once again, Dubs. I remember that. Is it a lost uh, episode? We definitely loved having you on. I'm sorry. I like to throw people off. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there is. Maybe you will. Uh, maybe we'll unearth a lost episode. And to all of our dozens. Thank you all for listening. You That's net, it. You're not getting anything out of me. Hello. Hope I don't poop today. Hercules Mulligan. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a whole decision. <laughs> it's that dirty ass Meryl Street. We are. We're touching wieners. Not touching wieners good. professionally. Ric Flair said, "Fuck a six pack," and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big queer Stone Cold Steve Austin.